Welcome to The Mushroom's Apprentice. I'm your host, Shona Holm. Today, I will be talking with a woman whose spirit I really align with. This woman has eyes to see and a heart of gold. Marla Durden is a creative entrepreneur, leadership coach, and facilitator. With over 25 years of experience in the field of personal growth and development, Marla's expertise ranges from spiritual counseling to biogeometry, dowsing, firewalk instruction, energetic therapies, and interplay. She facilitates transformational programs at Ghost Ranch in New Mexico and runs a busy psychospiritual mentoring practice in Seattle. Her website is the coolest name ever, modernrootwoman.com, and you can reach her at marla at modernrootwoman.com. All right. Welcome, Miss Marla. Thank you, Shona. So happy to be here with you, my friend. I am so excited to have you share your wealth of information, my dear. So before we get into all of these areas of expertise, you are a mushroom person. You are <laughs> really, we are very aligned. And I would love, because we've had some good conversation about this, if you could speak to your relationship with the mushroom teachers, because like myself, you're kind of like, you're very, very social and involved with people, but you're also kind of an outlier. Like you yes. have your own path here. And, and I would just, I'd love for you to, to talk about your relationship. With the mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Our sacred teachers, our little helpers, yeah. <laughs> and so much more. So the, my relationship, I probably, I would say like many of us, I, you know, my, my early relationship with the mushroom was when I was in college, like probably like many of us, right. We began to explore what I am, what is so fortunate for me is that my beginning, the beginning of my relationship with psychedelic substances was guided with people who loved me and who showed me a way in that allowed me to have a relationship that is real and connected, not just partying. And so I'm so grateful for that because that laid a foundation for me to to have a relationship that I think is different than other people's. Over the years, you know, it, it began to grow, but I would say most significantly, I have two periods of time in 2000, the early mid 2000s, she came to me again, they came to me again. And then three years ago in a huge way, it, it, it took a different turn in that grandmother Maria Sabina started working with me and the mushrooms began to really talk to me in a way, as you know, tell us what it is that we need to know so that we can do what we came here to do. That That's what I would say. How I work with the mushrooms is I like to work with the mushrooms and ask the mushrooms, what is it that we are working on and learning from and growing with this year? And they usually tell me, these are the times that I want, we want you to take a journey. And this is with, this is not just the mushrooms, this is me in relationship with my grandmother guy, grandmother Maria Sabina. And they actually tell me this is where this is when we would like you to do sacred journey and for these reasons. And the beautiful thing about the mushroom is this is such deep, powerful earth wisdom. These beings connect us to something way far, far, far larger and more important than anything that we can touch in our normal consciousness. And the way that we approach them needs to be one of respect and integrity and in preparation. These are not something that you play with. I, I remember being on Facebook a few months ago and somebody was like, I'm taking mushrooms tonight. What movie should I watch? And you know, those of us were like, the forest is the movie you should be watching. Yeah, in real life. Exactly. <laughs> wow, wow. Now you are also connected with the fairy. And and I would very much like to hear about that relationship and, and how that came about, Marla. Okay. The, well, you know, what I realized um, 
the 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 Faye came to me in 2021. They started coming to me in a huge way, and and actually it was also at a time they kind of <clears throat> made themselves known with with quite some quite amazing events magical things were happening and I already live a magical life like you do as and so when when the magic like kip, kicks up a few notches you're like whoa something's going on here and they really and so I went to the fairy congress actually for the first time which is in in July usually the third week of July in southern Oregon and literally they stepped out of the forest and said hello welcome we're so glad that we are connected with you again consciously. And what I realized is that they actually have been working with me my entire life. There were events and things that they showed me that I that I now know was was my working with the she and the, the beautiful thing about the she is they are a highly intelligent advanced race of beings that that are in close relationships with many of us and and can support us in doing some very important work in the world for healing and well-being of us all and i am just so grateful because my my i i have friends by name <laughs> in the she realm that i work with and who come to support me and who guide me at times when i ask for, for what I need. The she work with many, many people around the world and have so much wisdom for us. And, and a lot of people, you know, that there there is this in the folklore, and I believe this as well, this is what I know in my being is that at one time we were one humans and she were one and and many of us came into the human realm and, and many of us then forgot who we were. And our connection to the sacred realms of nature is really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What is that festival that you were, you refer, is that the Fairy Congress? It's the Fairy Congress. It's the Fairy and Human Relations Congress. Yes. Could you just explain, because I don't know a whole lot about it. I've, I've heard of it and I'm sure people, most people are not familiar with it. So what is that all about? So the human and fairy, the the Fairy and Human Relations Congress is um, a gathering that's ha that's been going on for over 20 years in the United States of people coming together to consciously work in co-creation with the nature realms, with the subtle realms. And there, sometimes there's a lot of it that can look like play, right? Because we know that the fairy realms are very playful, but it's very serious work in connection with the fairy realms and the speakers there. We, it's very much about learning. So there's a lot of skill building workshop, dowsing, working with herbs, working with the forest, how to wildcraft, all of these things, but also done with the conscious awareness that we are working with the Fae and it's powerful. It's a powerful, powerful experience. If you are someone who is consciously desiring or called to work in the co-creative realms of nature. So do you connect with them through the mushroom as well? The mushroom you know what I do? I do connect <laughs> with, them with the mushroom. Absolutely. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, I want, what I would like to say too, I want to say this about the, about the, the subtle realms and, and even the mushroom. I actually was introduced to grandmother Maria Sabina through ayahuasca. Okay. Oh, can you talk about that? I'm always so interested in this. Yeah, she, you know, there, there, there's, there's a lot to the story. So, but, but the part that I, I feel like I can share is I, I had, I was, I had made a decision that I was going to do some work with some people and and I realized that I needed to go into I needed to to consult the grandmothers. And so I I did. I asked and over the series of a few weeks, I actually specifically asked grandmother Maria Sabina to give me guidance and counsel on this. And she's not someone I had consciously worked with before. But I just asked her and boy, did she show up. So what what happened was a couple of weeks later, I went to an event and and someone I didn't who I was an acquaintance with not not really friends, like literally just at the party pulled mushrooms out of their bag and gave them to me. 
And I was like, and unaware, this was two weeks after I'd made this, this prayer to grandmother. And I was like, okay, wow. But they were, I, they were mushrooms. I wasn't familiar. They were, fr anyway, they went bad. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I didn't know what that was about, but I let it go. Right. Two weeks later, I get a package in the mail from an alchemist friend who had made DMT. He, and he said, I was guided to make DMT for the good of humanity. And when I was done, I was told to give it to you. Yes, in the mail. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I go to a friend's house and I'm like, we're going to try this, right? And I wasn't quite, it wasn't, I wasn't getting it. It's for whatever reason, right? Two weeks later, I'm on a Zoom call with a community and someone I'm, I'm, I'm doing tech and the, and someone fell out of a, out of a breakout room and came back into the main room and we're talking and she's telling me about her puppies. And I'm like, this is a pandemic. I'm going to come see the puppies. Right. So I go over to see the puppies. We're looking at the puppies. We're having fun. And she goes, you know, I've been working with the mother vine, the grandmother vine for years. And we're sitting here playing with the puppies and she's telling me I need to give you ayahuasca. Huh. So she goes to her refrigerator. And Have you she, not taken it before this, Marla? Never. Okay. Wow. No. Mushrooms yeah. is what I've been. Yeah. I didn't I've never taken ayahuasca. Mushrooms and mushrooms and San Pedro had been the things that I've been working with. Anyway, so now I'm scared, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, what what is going on here? Like, this is like, you know, three times. And six weeks after I made a prayer to grandmother Maria Sabina, I was given, yes. right? So I, I make plans. I'm like, obviously, <laughs> she's trying to talk to me. So I, you know, I, 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 you know, as you know, working with, with, with the nature intelligences, you don't just like sit down and do it. You, you prepare yourself. So I prepared myself for journey. And because I had never worked with ayahuasca, I asked a friend of mine to come over and be with me. And so I drink the ayahuasca, you know, do, do what I need to do to, 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 to create the ceremony. And then I drink it. And you know that I, I, I don't know if you've done ayahuasca, that place where you're like, okay, is it going to come up? Which way end is it, is it coming up or is it coming out? Right. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, what's, what's about to happen here? And my friend also an intuitive empath says, oh my God, she's here. And she goes, Maria Sabina's here now. This friend didn't know anything about, like, there wasn't like she was in the, the, you know, we didn't talk about, I just probably mentioned to her, I had this, this, I, you know, Maria Sabina six weeks ago, but it wasn't like she was in the field of it. Right. So we're sitting there and Maria Sabina shows up and my friends just starts dictating this whole thing that Maria Sabina was saying to her. Right. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? Right. So then that, that goes down and I got to go to the bathroom. And indeed, it's coming out both ends. Right. Then I'm stone cold sober. I'm thinking, OK, well, that was that. My friend packs up. I'm walking her to her car. She gets in her car. My phone dings. And it is from an acquaintance who doesn't know anything about what's going on, who sent me a quote from Maria Sabina. Whoa, that's amazing. That's amazing synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. And so I go in the house and I'm like, what is going on? I, I take a shower, I, get, I go to bed and pop, I am out. And you know what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. It was, profound. And the grandmother indeed had been trying to get my attention. It's very interesting that your friend had to leave. You know what I mean? That, that she yes. wanted you alone, clearly. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And, and what she began to tell me is, is, you know, it was, it was profound. It was epic because she actually obviously went through a lot of effort to talk to me. And, you know, as you know, as someone who works with the mushroom, the, 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 our friends, our allies are very concerned about what's happening in the world around the use of psilocybin 
and and it being pulled into the medical industry, which it is, they are vehemently against. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those aren't shamans. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I know. I know. There's, there's a lot I've experienced in those journeys that the nature spirit realms are very concerned with, including the technology, because it affects the other realms in yeah. addition to this earthly realm. And it's, 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 it's all about disequilibrium. Yes. Completely. Yeah. And, and, and even the way the mushroom would be used is not the most, shall we say, balanced. No, it's not only is it not balanced, it's, it's, it's actually disrespectful to the vast plant intelligences that we, that, that, that are, that is the mushroom that we are able to connect with, with the help and the support and the guidance of these plant intelligences. And so we're taking, you know, now it's become a drug, you know, and a drug that you can use clinically in your psychological practice, you know, and when that is not what, that's not what this is. And not only that, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not going to, it's not going to create health and well-being. Yeah. See, I think it will be, well, just because I know, I know two psychiatrists who have been part of university studies and one of them in particular has worked with shamans. And I would say that that person is doing their best to infuse that very sterile arena mm-hmm. with the wisdom that that person is carrying and and they're I'm so happy to hear that level, yeah they're doing their level best to do that at the same time we're talking about i call it the great profaning it already is being profaned in many ways mm-hmm. but it's also going to be a huge cash cow and i'm talking about people who are backing clinic centers that are expecting to make hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars off of this. And, and then of course it will be, you know, structured a certain way. And, and I of course think, yes, it's good to have, you know, a a structure, but I also think that when we get sort of the technocrats, the government involved, the conventional sort of system characters, shall we say, we lose the plot. Correct. I agree. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I've always been a fan of the medicine woman, you know, the, the woman who you have to kind of seek out to find or, or, you know, there's medicine, good medicine men out there as well, yes. you know, and they're not operating out of the system. So I can hear yeah, and I love the passion in your voice and the wisdom that you carry around this. I, I quite agree. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's really, if you think about what's happening, you know, the, the, the teachers are here to help us to get out of a box, get, get out of a cultural framework that's imprisoning our mind. Right. And the greatest, the greatest sense of the word mind. Right. And, and to, to take this incredibly beautiful intelligence, this wisdom, this, this, what we're talking about and, and stick it in the very box, the, the hypercube, you know, there, it's, 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 it's enslaving the mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. That is so true, Marla. Yeah, a friend of mine in Australia who has been working with the mushroom since the 60s, and he's a visionary artist, and and he's just amazing, and he's also super humble and truly connected, and he said, look, Shona, he said, this is where we're at right now, like the the world's a mess, and he said, they're going to legalize this stuff at some point, be highly regulated, and he said, and they will profane it. And he said, so you just have to like hold your best to the integrity, you know, of, of how you, how you work with medicine. I agree. 
yeah, because because this is it's just where we're at. I mean, it's just insane out there. And and so anything of I think great beauty and relevance, which the mushroom is very much so, I think, is gonna be profaned. You know, it's a darn shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, I I as you are speaking, Shona, what I'm you know, I'm think it's so funny. I was thinking last night about the beginning of the 20th century, the end of the 19th century, the 18th century, where they were killing the witches, killing the shamans, the medicine men and women, really killing the ancient knowledge, right? Removing the ancient knowledge from from the picture so that people would forget. And what I know in myself and what I'm hearing from from the medicine and from you, I think we're saying the same thing is that we, there is a place for us. We are holding a thread of ancient, ancient wisdom that needs to be held for the planet, right? And the, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to run over there to whatever that medical thing, looking for that promise, but it's also going to wake up a lot of people who are going to realize especially with what's going on in the world today, that that system does not bring well-being and health and that there are other ways. And so I, I'm, I'm with you. I think we just need to hold the frequency and the love and the feel that, we, <clears throat> that we're called to for the good of all. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you know when the AMA was formed, the American Medical Association, it was formed in the mid 1800s. And you'd think like the first thing they do is, I don't know, something beneficial for mankind. The first thing they did was go after the midwives. Right. They went after the midwives and they just destroyed whatever good reputation they had. And they wanted essentially the competition out of the way. Correct. So that women would have to go to hospital, give birth in the hospital. And then of course that's big, big money. And, and that's a whole industry unto itself, which also I would say is a bit of a mess. Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, so to your point, and also I see these earthly medicines as part of that, that sort of the, the feminine, I mean, I treasure yes. feeling as well. Right. But that sort of feminine is associated with, with that, which has been raped for a long time and continues to be so so yeah i think and this is why i'm so excited for you to share your wisdom on many areas of course because you have a, a lot that you are well researched in but your approach to the mushroom really touches me because you know i just just very in alignment now you also of course work with spirits i would love to know like, what advice would you give in terms of preparing the space to go in? Because, of course, when you're taking the mushroom, you open yourself up. Your field is open, right? Mm -hmm. so, so how do you prepare that space? And what would you suggest for protection and, and all of that? Yeah, the, the first thing and the most important thing is always to start with intention, right? To, to move with intentionality and purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, set your intention, be very clear about that. Set your space, clean your space, clean your body, clean your mind. A little bit of fasting is always good. Mm -hmm. uh, having space around you as you prepare for your journey, right? And, and, and allow, the, allow it to begin working on you before you even get to that. I'm talking days, weeks sometimes, right? Ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Then as you go into your journey in order, it, for me, I feel like if I set up my journey correctly and I go into it ceremonially and ritually, I get way more. I, I It sets the field in a way to go deeper. So create a ceremony around the mushroom and most importantly, create a field of protection around yourself <clears throat> and everything that you're doing. There's a number of ways to do that. You can create a coning. Paralandra is a small right, is a woman who with a garden on the East Coast called Paralandra has done a lot of work and a lot of people use a coning. You can also set a field using 16 stones or 16 objects around you. You can also call in the directions and set the field and call in your allies and ask them to to hold the cardinal points for you 
So those are some some of the ways. And then and the other thing that a lot of people don't talk about that I feel is very, very important is grounding that you really ground yourself that you do some sort of meditation where you really feel your energy your your part like roots growing deep into the earth so that you're fully anchored and and i and and with that you can also do a breath a tree of life meditation that really aligns your taurus and creates this field around you if you do there's a i i know i just throughout a bunch of things but doing some of those things in combination with each other will will help to create the space for you and then always when you are when you are at the beginning of in, before you ingest the, the mushroom to speak to it to give honor to the intelligences and recognize that you are working in allyship with them and that you offer respect and love for them and that you are opening yourself to to really listen and to heal and to grow <clears throat> if you do these things you can have an amazing experience and then the other thing that i will say is coming out of it for me is i always like to make sure that we have an opportunity to do something creative drawing writing expressive so that you can anchor that energy back into this realm that is so good my teacher brew used to talk about that and he used to say when you have a dream that you remember write down the dream but also draw it or dance it because it's another way of expressing what happened that is beyond words that gives an even broader understanding to the experience. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I also, I just love it too, because I feel like what happens if you do that for yourself, especially even if you like do some humming or some moving is it allows the body now, the body intelligence to now say it's gone from the mind into the body and the body, even if the, if it's like, you don't even know what, what the move is or why you're dancing that way, but the body now's got it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. even with the drawing, like just allowing whatever to come out for your drawing, your words, whatever, then, then the body's now got it and it helps to anchor it. Have you ever had a so-called bad trip or bad experience? I hate that word trip, but it, you know, just a bad experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Thank yeah. goodness. It's been many, many, many years, but yo, yeah. <laughs> so yes. what did you do afterwards for yourself? How did you get through that? Self-care, self-care, journaling, writing, spending time in nature, mm -hmm. giving it to the mother. Mm, that's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. So you were talking about essentially setting an energetic field around you and what, so I want to move here to what is biogeometry? That sounds really oh, biogeometry is an amazing science. the the short The short way of saying it is it's 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 ancient Egyptian temple science. It actually comes off of the off of the walls, right? It's written into the walls and actually written into the way the whole all of the pyramids are are created. It's sacred geometry on steroids. So that's kind of the the big way of saying it. What I would say is. Biogeometry allows us to use to create qualitative and quantitative changes in environments, human and otherwise, using the tools of sacred geometry and energy flow and the knowledge of how energy flows. Yeah, and it's practiced all over the world. It was founded by Dr. Ibrahim Karim, an Egyptian architect. And you can use it to map energy in the body. People are, doctors are using it for healing. Architects are using it. People are using it in farming to create greater yields with, without the use of pesticides. It's a very beautiful, powerful science. I actually even use it in, in graphic design. Okay, so I have a question. So I listened to a video years ago on YouTube, and it was this lovely elder gentleman in Nova Scotia and he had a garden and he built this pyramid greenhouse. And I think it's what you're talking about. But the key was it was angled in such a way. It was Correct. Right. Okay. So it was the angles of the diagonals and, you know, the whole way this was built that create an energetic 
field and the yield of his plants was incredible. Is yes. Yes. Actually, you, and it's, it's also a way to create sacred space. And so you can use angles. You can also color balance. You can use a, one color over here on one side of the field and one color over there. And you use you use your dowsing, you use your pendulums to to find the correct placement and then the harmony of those two colors on either side of the field creates a field and a field of energy over the entire field it creates sacred space so i know this isn't exactly the same but i'm just thinking of feng shui in terms of it makes a difference how even like furniture is positioned in the room or the energy of the room feels off so essentially what you're doing with this, it sounds like obviously color, obviously color makes a difference in the field, the energy. Are you talking about a wall on either side being painted or because you said depending on where you place? No, absolutely not. I mean, literally, I could take a purple dot and a yellow dot and find with my pendulum the right spot over on this side of the room for the yellow dot and maybe put it behind a painting and then take the purple dot and find the rod spot over here to put it and it might be right behind a curtain a dot a dot tiny little dot of a particular material or what no it's just the color okay and then can you measure that somehow yes you can with your pendulums you can measure it with pendulums okay okay and the thing is is we have different kinds of we have there's there's many pendulums that we use in biogeometry so that you can measure the different because different frequencies of colors obviously different colors have different frequencies and so we, we can literally measure the energy of the field in the room and know if we got it right. And and the thing is, is you don't even have to do that because you can feel it. Like for instance, you know, I, I living in Houston, even <clears throat> big, big city, right? I had a little townhouse and I decided to, to just do the whole biogeometry fill around my little courtyard and my little, my, and it was the play, all of the neighborhood cats laid on the fence, all of the children in the neighborhood, what, would come and sit in front of my yard to play because they could feel the energy. So how did you do that? How, how did you structure that? There's just a lot of, there's so many ways you can do it. There's biogeometry tools that you can use. There is another thing that you can do that is very powerful and very simple that anybody can do. And that's the rule of 16, right? We know sweet, sweet 16. You can take 16 pretty much of anything and plant it around a property and that will create a field. Oh my goodness. Oh my good. Actually, my friend Stephen Chris Crimmy told me about this. There was a, a, a British, I think it was British man or, or Scottish. I think it was Scottish. Oh gosh, his name escapes me. And he was a very great healer. And he was talking about this. He, yeah, yeah. As I recall, it was like 16 dots on on a piece of paper and I, I think I'm not even sure they were in any particular shape but then you would put a glass of water over it and it would actually charge the water does that sound right yes yes okay and this originated where in Egypt you said okay. yes well actually biogeometry is a sacred it's a, it's a sacred it's sacred geometry basically okay. but it's connected to the the ancient European land the people who would heal the land the dowsers it's connected to all of these it's it's basically a, a, a recognition of the sacredness of geometry and the earth energy so we can work with ley lines and energy lines it's very powerful. And yes, biogeometry itself was, was started by Dr. Ibrahim Karim from Egypt. And so when you say he started, like, how did he start with it? What did he? So basically what he did is he, he, he pulled together this, this, this amazing body of work and started teaching it to us. And, you know, the, for me, the most important thing, I, I studied biogeometry. I started studying it in 2012. The thing that I found about it is it's, I really had to shift the way I, like, it was like every day was like, what? Oh, of course. Like, you know, we, we are, as you know, Shona, with everything that you've researched, like we are, we have been educated into a system of knowledge that's actually not correct. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we, 
the truth is actually right in front of our face, <laughs> right? But we can't see it because our mind is holding on to holding something that's not that's false, basically. Right, 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 right. And and so, all right. So geometry, we see it in the stars. And so, for instance, the path of Venus forms a perfect five-pointed star over exactly. many years. And so, and, and yeah, and, and geometry is everywhere and down to, you know, microscopic, you, you, you can see the, the geometry. Yes. Mm -hmm. right? So, so, and then when things are out of bound, well, it makes me think of Masaru Emoto's work, the messages in water, when he would speak to the water, he put the words on the different glasses or beakers of water, right? And so right. with a, a positive word, what was striking was when he froze that water, it was the geometry of, it looked like these snowflakes that with the water molecules, I, I believe. Yes, right. Absolutely. Exquisite. And then with the words like, you know, I hate you and whatever, terrible word, you know, on then the geometry, it wasn't geometry. It was, it was, it was a mess. On there. Right. Correct. Exactly. Because with, with sacred geometry is really about coherence, right? It's about, it's a coherent feel that creates something that's in balance. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the negative emotions, the things that they, they, they can't create a real coherence. So they're messy, they're muddled, they're, you know, they're, they, they're, they're, the imprint is there, but it's not that beautiful, natural crystalline structure that you get from the natural energies from the frequencies of life okay so i'm i'm very curious about this the 16 just because gosh i wish i could remember this guy's name but you just said earlier about you could plant 16 plants around the circumference 16 anything 16 anything and that would lend a kind of energetic coherence to the house yes. you know i just think this is really interesting marla just because of the onslaught with all the F-I-V-E-J-E-E, -E -E, we'll just spell. Yes. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. YouTube doesn't like that. And also the the smart M-E-T-E-R-S. Yes. So, so now that is very, very deleterious. Radio. Extremely, extremely so. Absolutely. So, so do you think the biogeometry can to does it yes it does it does help it you know the thing that we have to i would love to go back and talk a little bit about the waters like we yeah. have to remember that we are water right. that that our bodies are made of water right and that that we are dealing every day many of us with these technologies with these phones on our bodies and these phones are disrupting the coherence of our signal of our personal signal right and so what that means is people are feeling sick, they're feeling ill, they're, they're, they're not sleeping, they're not sleeping, there's all kinds of issues. And so the first thing I tell people is turn your phone off when you go to bed. And if you can't do that, put it on mode. And if you can't do that, put it in a whole nother 50 feet away from you preferably on another level not like if you're sleeping on the second floor your phone needs to be on the first floor not right underneath you either on the first floor at, at, at another place in the house because these frequencies interfere with our ability to create melatonin and also the, the ability of the body to heal the oxidation that happens during the day so people are aging faster as well right amen to to the, i sleep with my phone on the other side of the house we talked about this last night and mm -hmm. i beg my girls to do that i also never ever put my phone to my ear all these years 20 yeah. however long phones but no never put it to my, i knew instinctively best not to put this thing right right next to my ear and so what would be a good counter in that in terms of biogeometry to assist to kind of bring equilibrium to a house full of Wi-Fi and everything else. Yeah, that's a, you know, if you've got a house, it really depends on how many, you know, I know people are getting more and more and more devices. The thing I would say is number one, if you're not using it, it needs to be off. Mm -hmm. And and if it's smart and you're not using it, it needs to be unplugged. And, and actually I think people should stay away from smart stuff. 
I couldn't agree more. They should stay away from it. Yeah. And so th those are the two things. And then the other thing is they're shielding. And there's actually a lot of companies now that are creating shielding. You can get some through the biogeometry.com.org. Put shielding around your machines, around your house, around, around your, your outside meter. Yeah. And then the other thing to do is wear something on your body. Oh yeah, that I'm interested in. So I what do you wear, wear something on your body. So I, I actually wear a biogeometry disc and then this is an L pendant. And what this does is the, the, the exact shape of it is when the, when the, when the frequencies hit your body, it shifts them from vertical, vertical negative greens to horizontal. And we're just talking, it's a, just a different form of the energy. So it, the, the vertical negative greens, it's just an, a green, it's so green energy that hits the planet comes to the other side. We, that's why we call it negative green, that it's toxic. That's, these are the, the frequencies that these, a lot of these devices, most of them are, are creating. And so if you put something, wear something on your body, it can help to mitigate those frequencies and help your body to have the support that it needs. The other, the, the, the biogeometry disc that I'm wearing has you can't see it it has little biosignatures all over it and basically every organ every pathway in the body has its own shape mm -hmm. so the way energy flows through the kidneys has a certain shape and actually the way energy flows for the kidneys if you look at the 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 top of the ionic columns they have like kind of this swirl thing that happens yes. that's actually the way the energy moves through the kidneys and they do that because if there's water underneath it keeps the water flowing and so by having this pendant that has all of the signatures, so it's helping my body to remember this is how the gallbladder flows. This is how the heart flows. This is how the blood flows. That is fascinating. That that's, I just, I just think that's so important to start, you know, really delving in into that because it clearly has an impact especially now with everything that's going on now we want our body we want to give our bodies as much support as we can to help it remember its humanity and its health and its well-being and you know wearing wearing jewelry or 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 it's actually it's not actually jewelry it's 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 wearing tools that support your body and remembering that but but the, the other ways, as you know, is working with the medicine, making sure you spend time every day in nature, hugging trees, remembering, remembering our connection. Like, I, I feel like we live in this culture where we're constantly being pulled out, pulled out, pulled away from nature, pulled away from nature. Right. And that that is that our true power and our true strength and our true well-being comes from our recognition of our connection, our our beingness as a part of this great and beautiful being, the earth. Yes, yes. I, yeah, absolutely. And I just think also, you know, we're on this computer obviously, and, and uh, you know, it serves and most of us are on it way too, way too much. And, and we're on it and our eyes are open and those, that radiation is going into the body, but also going in through the eye, which so, I, yes. you know, it does a number on your eyes. And another thing I was just going to add is when you're outside, it's important to not have sunglasses, yeah. and, you know, and, and let that sunshine go in through the retina because it actually affects the body that way and can access more of the, the body. The sunshine's really I agree. important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're telling us, so stay out of the sun. It's dangerous. No, no we need to be in the sun. You're right. Without our sun, with no sunglasses so that we can take in the light codes, the intelligence that's raining on us from the sun. You know, if we if we shield our eyes from it, that's that's energy. Those are that's intelligences. That's inner. That's frequencies that we're not getting, right? Right, right, right. Now, where where would you send people to find out to learn more about the biogeometry? Do you teach it or? I don't teach it. Biogeometry. It's it's a it's an, it's incredible body of work. But you can go to biogeometry.ca or biogeometry.org. Um, and learn a lot about it and, and, and see actually what's happening around the world. Some amazing amount of work, beautiful work that's happening. Well, this is so fascinating because do you know who Dan Winter is? Yes. I love him. Me too. I, 
Yeah, and he talks all about, what is it? Bioarchitecture, essentially. And, and so the same thing, like the yes. state is the, the elements, the, the lines, everything is done in such a way that it creates a harmonious like plasma field essentially as well. Yeah, exactly. That's correct. It, exactly. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I will have to find, I'll have to send it to you and I'll put the link under the show also of the, the YouTube video I was watching of this elder man who also shows how it teaches you how to douse. He's like one of these national treasures who has since crossed over, mm -hmm. right? But like had this wealth of, of information that was of course passed down and down. But this pyramid greenhouse he did, he speaks exactly to like, it's gotta be a specific degree yes. of angles. And then that creates this, this energetic field. That's the, like, we need that information, especially now because there's so much dirty radiation, if you will. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the thing is, is, is it's the most important for people to turn off things when they're not using them and turn it off at night yeah. so that the Fae and the nature spirits, because they can't do the, their job, which is why we're seeing more and more death of trees and all of this stuff, because they're not only is the, the, it's sucking the life force out of the trees, but the, we, the, na the natural intelligences can't get in because it's so toxic to them. And so we have to realize too. remember, as you know, that if, it's toxic to them it's toxic to us our waters are toxic if we are living in these environments and not regrounding ourselves in nature right 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 yeah these are very disruptive fields and they're also the wi-fi the cell phone radiation is affecting migrating birds it's affecting honeybees it's causing one of the causes for colony collapse and that has been studied i'm not just making that claim and and so yeah this is this is very key. And this is the kind of thing I think is going to be why I want you to talk about this, because it's going to be so it is so important for us moving forward, because all of this radiation distortion is not going away anytime soon. I think it's going to take something really radical for that to happen, I'm afraid. Yeah. So in the meantime, it's like, how do we navigate this and make sure we can actually grow food that we can function in our own house. Absolutely. We, we, we really do need to create little sacred zones. Yeah. We have to. Little, little, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever we can do to shift the, the energy field in the house. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you something that was very, was a very, powerful demonstration of this for myself and my client she had a tree that had been hit by lightning it was dying it was it was clearly it was dying mm -hmm. um, you know it was so far gone you know you could see it was starting to set in right and so i i had her buy what's that stone that everybody uses i forget now that it's the black stone so I had her buy, I had her buy a, a bunch of pieces of shungite. And then what we did is we walked around the tree in one direction because it's not just the geometry. It's how the energy flows, how the frequency moves, right? It's if I go one direction and then I go another direction, then that's two different energies, right? Yeah. But if I continue to go one direction around, then I've created a whole cycle of field, right? That goes in one direction. So it supports the field. So we planted, we walked around this tree, walking in one direction, we planted 16 pieces of shungite. Whoa. She sent me an, an email about a month and a half later, there was a fairy ring of yellow dandelions around the tree and it had come back alive and was and it sprouted new leaves. So, okay, that's cool. What, what told you to use shungite? Why did you choose that? Because, because we know that shungite helps, helps to relieve us of it, it, it dampens the fields created by Wi-Fi and EMFs. Okay. All right. And okay. Wow. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a, it's an energetic stone and we grounded it. So we had our intention to help the tree and literally, seriously, it was literally walk, 
put the stone in, put the dirt back. Take a step, put the stone in, put the dirt back. And it was amazing. Okay. Do you think that's something you could also do for, I'm just thinking about the house, around the perimeter of the house, do you think? Absolutely, you can do that around the perimeter of your house. And you should do that around the perimeter of your house. 16 of them. So four on each of the four sides of the house. Yes. Got you. Okay. And it doesn't have to be shunjite. Okay. What else would you recommend? I mean, well, really, I, I, you know, beautiful stones, you know, the stones work because stones have, have an energy, but it doesn't have to be, it could be four plants as long as you're doing it with intention. Right. Right. Which is in itself a frequency. And you're walking in one direction and doing it. Right. So when you're when you're initially put whatever it is you're doing down, you don't want to be like, okay, here's these four. Oh, let me go back over here and get these. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna go back and then plant these over here. Oh, then I'm gonna go over here and I'll plant these over here. Now I got 16 on four sides, but you you crossed your energy fields four times, right? You didn't you didn't lay out down a coherent circuit of energy. Mm-hmm. And the thing that people forget is we are walking energy fields too. So it's not like, oh, I just, I did my four things. If I am intersecting my energy, then I have basically, I have, I am playing around with the energy too, just by the way I walk around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, of course. And we're mostly water and. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we are mostly water in a field of water. That's the thing that we forget. The air is mostly water. (laughs) So our imprint, our thoughts are actually imprinting the water around us. Well, of course, that would be why, you know, whoever is behind creating the media narrative you know, it's, they, they steer the public into fear and that is a frequency. And then, you know, there are certain areas where it's more palpable than others. Yes. And, and, and so that of course, you know, is, is easy to see how, gosh, they are just steering people or, or steering them into anger. Right. You know, to create violence and all of this hatred and all this nonsense, right. you know, like just, yeah. And that's, and then, you know, when people's energy is directed in that way, energy flows where attention goes. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's very little out there that actually lifts the spirit and inspires and brings people together. It's, it's quite something. So yeah, that is a very... That is a very good point. Yeah, you know, and Shauna, I don't know about you, but I've kind of gotten to the place now where I'm like, I think that's their job. Like their job is the confusion and the blah, blah, blah. And you know what I mean? And like, I, that don't have nothing to do with me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's kind of the way I take it now. Like yeah. my, that, that is their job is to do whatever it is they're doing. And it is our job, right? As indigenous healers, as, as women connected to the earth and the ancestors, it's our job job to help hold hold the resonance in the field that we have been called to hold so that people can come home god i so hear you i so feel that marla i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and i i did episode seven on the fairy and the first hour focused on not just kind of the different types of sort of celtic fairy but also the fairy faith that was held by the celtic people that as the 20th century progressed, those people were made to feel foolish and silly, and the young got, quote unquote, educated, and away went their traditions and their languages. And, and you know, I just feel like we are, as we are progressing very quickly, I would say being catapulted into this dystopian, techno, bizarro world. What you're saying, this is about like, those of us are holding fast to something very ancient and very like timeless, really, that many have forgotten, but it really is our touchstone 
back to the beauty and dignity of, of truly what we are. It's like really, we're, it's like we're witnessing, gosh, humanity is, they've utterly forgotten themselves. They've lost themselves. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, 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 you know, there are, as we know that there are people who are running headlong as fast as they can into a meta AI world. And, and, you know, I've gotten to the place where I, those are not my people. Those people belong now to the machine, those people. And we, we love them and we honor the path that their soul has taken, right? But, but you and I are here and those people like us are here to support the emergence, remembering of who we are, as you say, as these in, beings of incredible dignity and worth connected to something that is so incredibly beautiful that we have forgotten like we we the, this light this soft beautiful immersive light that we are you know is so beautiful but they're the 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 the, the neon light is so bright that people are running towards that not knowing that that is it's it's false it's going to take them out of their humanity yeah it's the false god Yes. These are like the new gods and they're yes. utterly, they're false and very dangerous. Yes. Yeah. I got to say, like, I call in the old gods. I do. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Like, guys, we need you. We need you really. We need yeah. your help. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness, Marla. Okay. So, so before we end, I just want you to talk about your new project and then we'll head into the second hour, Marla. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. What I wanted to share with you is what I have come to with after many, many years of, of working in the solo realms is the power of play. I The power of play and working with the wisdom of the body has been completely transformational for me. And so I studied something called Interplay, which was founded by Cynthia Witten Henry and Phil Porter 30 years ago. And it's, it's practiced all over the world and it's using the power of play to unlock the wisdom of the body. It's, a, it's so much fun and you can use it a lot of different ways. And one of the ways that I am doing Interplay is I have created a program called You. <laughs> it's called Today You Are You That Is Truer Than True. There is no one alive who is youer than you. A love story and a journey of discovery. I love so, isn't it amazing? It, and really it's about, I'll, I'll read to you what it's about. If, if I may, please, yeah. it's about you. It has always been about you from your first breath in this realm until your last one. It has and will be about you. It's about your life here and now your unique note, your song, the one that only you can sing about your genius, your weirdness, your joy, your dreams, your growth, your connection and love and harmony with other yous. You have magic in your blood and bones, passed on to you by the ancestors, nourished by Mother Nature. You are wiser and more powerful than you know. You came here to share the magnificent beauty and love that you are for the good of us all. This is you, your sacred, gifted, wonderful self. Come play in the field of you. Join me on a journey of discovery and celebration about you in a circle of yous. <laughs> That's awesome. And so how does that work then? Exactly. How, so, so this is going to be an introductory 90-minute workshop on March the 25th, Saturday, March the 25th from 10 to 11, 15 a.m., 10 to 11:30 a.m. and we're going to work with the wisdom of the body we're going to do some meditation we're going to do some ritual really connect people with their high selves that's really what it's about it's you with a capital y and 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 remember the sovereign spiritual self that we are and then claim that self and come into communion consciously with other sovereign spiritual selves. And so it's 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 kind of like what we've been talking about, this recognition of the work that we both do, Shauna, of this need to pull people back to who they truly are and ground them and in their divinity, help them to remember that they're not this these things, these beings that this false light is telling us we are, that we are sacred, divine, 
beings connected in a tapestry, a web of life. That's beautiful. And then the play part, Marla, what does that look like? I'm just curious. <laughs> it's, it's woven all the way through. And so play is really about our creative birthrights, story, song, voice, movement, and stillness. And so we, we play with those things. Some, there's some dance, there's some poetry, there's time for journaling, which is stillness. So all of those are woven into the way that I create the offering for people. That sounds beautiful. Oh my goodness. That Thank sounds you. Wonderful, Marla. Okay, so we're going to end the second, or we're going to end the first hour here. So people can reach you again at, your website is? ModernRootWoman.com. And if they want to email you directly, what's your email? Marla at modernrootwoman.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And if you want to listen to the second hour and soak up more of this good woman's wisdom, join us over at themushroomsapprentice.com and subscribe. <laughs>